drive on barely ice-covered roads. No, I'm glad you guys made it. We want to do a couple of quick announcements before we get started. Pastor is gone. He's on vacation. They are out in Arizona visiting Caleb, their oldest, uh, hanging out out there, enjoying the nice weather and nice sights and all that good stuff. So it's good for him to get away once in a while, although I know he is chomping at the bit because in all the years I've had opportunities to preach, I have never hand, had him hand me a to-do list. And so, which is great. I mean, it was all stuff we were going to do, but I just thought that was interesting because I know he's chomping at the bit. He wants to be here preaching the Word. And, and thank God we got a man of God that preaches the uncompromised Word of God. You know, it's, it's good stuff. So he's gone, so you got to put up with me today. Those of you who have never heard me preach, uh, good luck. So <laughs> I get a little goofy. You can laugh at church, so just a fair warning. I don't know if we'll end up down that route, but usually I can't hold back the stupidity. So... Uh, John Tash is coming up. Tish, Tash, Tosh, we're not real sure. I don't know if anybody ever clarified. 326, March 26th and March 27th, he will be here. He is a children's ministry guru, if you want to call it that. And so on March 26th, we're having, especially those of you who are in children's ministry, if you can be here that day, that would be, it's, it's very important to be a part of that because this man has done children's ministry all his life and he's going to impart some good things to us. Because there's no shadow of a doubt in my heart that these kiddos are going to carry some serious mantles in the days ahead. And not when they get older, I'm not talking about. I'm talking about like right around the corner. And even now, I'm seeing things come out of these kids that most of us adults wouldn't have the guts to do. So, So March 26th, that's technically designed for those of you who are in children's ministry. But if you've even had the slightest inclination to do children's ministry, be here. It's not closed out. Or if you have kids... This is just going to be good stuff on how to reach kids, how to minister to kids, how to get to them on their level. And then he'll be here that Sunday morning as well. Uh, so make sure that you, you put those in your calendar and be a part of that. Uh, they are on the church website. How many of you have been to the church website lately? It's all jacked up. So we know that. It is under construction. Very sorry. I should have sent out a text message. I thought maybe I could wait till this morning, but we confused a lot of people, and I apologize for that. So it is under construction. We're redoing the whole site, um, and, and a few technical issues have come along the way. So no, we have not changed our language. We have not moved to a foreign country, though the website may reflect that a little bit. Um, I will send out a text with the schedule for the month as well because it may take a little bit for them to get everything worked out. So just bear with us on that. Um, and then for the Patriots side of us here at Harvest Church, um, our symposium for the Patriots United meeting that takes place here each week, uh, the symposium, the speaker symposium is coming up next Saturday. If you have not gotten tickets for that, there's a flyer on the bulletin board. There's flyers out there. You can take those flyers, hand them out. Really important stuff. Yes, we're spiritually minded here, but this spiritual battle has very much so trickled into the patriotic side of the world. And if so, not, uh, we, we can't just sit back and sit on our thumbs and hope someone else is taking care of it. So I hope you'll get involved, get the word out, be a part of that uh, teaching that day. And then the last announcement I have before we get started, um, this book, The Harvest, uh, the church is giving these away, one to each family. If you do not have one of these, we have a few copies up here. Come get one afterwards. This book is phenomenal. We are walking into the season that this book that was written in the 80s is all about. This will stir your heart. This will encourage you. 
This will charge you. This will fill you with the fear of the Lord in a great way. And so I encourage you, if you do not have this book, come get one before you leave today. It's an absolute must-have. So I don't know about you, but I'm stoked to be here this morning. And I believe God's got some good stuff in store, whether we get to any of this stuff or not. I just want to do what he wants to do. And I believe we all want that. And we we need to learn how to do that more in the days ahead. And that's kind of what we'll talk about this morning. So, you know, we were talking before church about some of the songs and stuff and how, you know, it's too bad. I, you know, I could play drums this morning, but it's kind of distracting when you're trying to get a message ready and stuff too. And, and then, you know, it's always better when we have more instruments and yada, yada, yada. And, oh, well, this morning he won't be playing drums, so it'll all be laid back and maybe even kind of lame. Uh, no, that's not how this works. I don't care if it's just eight singing or even if we don't have somebody and we sing a cappella, it's our hearts. And I encourage you not to let that be a distraction and to not let that hinder you from walking into the things of God because he's so good. He don't care about what instruments are being played. He don't care about who's singing and whether or not they're even on key. It's just whether or not we want him here. And he wants to be here. And what does God do? He inhabits the praises of his people. So let's stand up this morning. Let's praise and worship our God. Amen.
your mercy never fails me All my days I've been held in your hands From the moment that I wake up Till I lay my head oh, I will sing of the goodness of God you, Lord, oh, your mercy never fails me. All my days I've been held in your hands. From the moment that I wake up until I lay my head, oh, I will sing of the goodness of God.
Stop. 
love is like lightning cracking through the sky burning through the rage burning through the pain of a billion scars
and the fires burning through. We are so ready for you. We recognize that without you, we cannot accomplish your will. Lord, the harvest is great and the laborers are few. But we know with you, Holy Spirit, we can be vessels of honor useful for the master we acknowledge you father we acknowledge you Jesus we acknowledge you Holy Spirit 
in this place. We don't look to man. We don't look to a a good message. We look to you and to you alone, the author and the finisher. The good work you have begun, you will finish it. Not man, not man's ways, not man's agenda, but you alone will finish it. We praise you, Father. Holy Spirit, have your way this morning. Just as we sang, do what only you can do. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Father. Let you go ahead and be seated in His presence this morning. God is so good. Praise the Lord. can do in 30 seconds what I could get up here and say for hours and not even come close to accomplishing. And I just encourage everybody in your own personal life to acknowledge him as that and give him liberty to move in your life just like that. There is so much to be done in the days ahead, but it'll be so simple if we just let him do it and let him have his way. I'm going to say this a whole bunch this morning. Right now is the greatest time ever to be alive as a Christian. Yes. Ever. Ever. I better not get too far off too fast. Let's just, while we're in an attitude of worship, I'm not going to teach on tithes and offerings this morning, but I do want to clarify one thing. Can I have an envelope, please? We use these to keep track of everything and to, and to provide you with a tax-deductible receipt. So I encourage you to use these envelopes and fill them out, too. And just so you know, if you just throw your check in, the boys back there are doing it for you. So make their lives a little easier. Jot your name on there and all that good jazz. Once you've been here a little while, you don't have to fill out your address and all that jazz every time. Just your name is sufficient. But do, do use those. That's, that's very helpful for the accountant and for Pastor Kathy and for the ushers and everything to do that. So I encourage you, as you have your tithes and offerings this morning, to go ahead and utilize one of those envelopes. And the guys will go ahead and go around and receive that this morning. Thank you.
Well, many of you are seasoned veterans of Harvest Church and have been here a long time. And some of you are really getting your feet wet, and some of you are new. And we welcome you, and we're glad to have you. Um, and all we've, we're seeing a lot of new faces as of late, and that's that's God. That's not because we got something cool going on here at Harvest Church, because that's not it. But that's God, and He's setting things in order and getting things lined up because we have things to do. We have things to get done. We have a work of ministry to carry out here at Harvest Church. And so we need God to help orchestrate that and put that together. Now, when I usually get up and preach, more often than not, what do I preach on? Does anybody, those of you that have heard me preach multiple times, any ideas? Helps ministry, right? Helps ministry, helps ministry, helps ministry. Well, we're going to kind of go down that route today, but I think it's going to be a little different than normal. What is helps ministry? Well, it's the things that we need done around here to get anything done. I mean, pastor obviously can't teach the children's church every week. He obviously can't mow the yard every week. He obviously can't do the cleaning every week. He obviously can't do the the nursery and changing diapers every week and still somehow find time to get into the Word to prepare a message and to preach to us a Word in season kind of thing. Now, there's there's plenty of churches out there that, you know, print out the sermon for the week that's been decided for them and put together, and maybe it's a warm, fuzzy message that makes us feel like we've done our part and we've checked in with God for the week and I can check that off the list. I'm a good person because I went to church and I heard a message. What was it about? I don't know. I wasn't listening. And it don't matter. It was the same one I heard this time last year because, again, it's just been a printed out version. But I don't want that. I want, I want my pastor seeking God. I want him to have a word in season. I want him to preach a message that keeps my fat out of the fire and, and keeps me moving forward towards the things of God and not just putting in my time, so to speak. And so we have things that need done around here, and I teach on that quite regularly. And I'm only going to hit one thing today because that's because we have a handful of new people here today, or not today, but uh, as a whole over the course of the last year or so. And so we're going to hit one piece of business this morning, and then we'll get into the message. So obviously all the maintenance things and stuff like that that go around on around here, we have people that, that chip in and help and do that stuff. You know, again, from children's ministers to mowing the yard to greeters to maintenance to cleaning the church. And I encourage you, if you have gifts within you, just and, and they might seem insignificant to you and they might seem what you might think is not a big deal, those are the things that we plug in and utilize. You know, I'll pick on Rachel, for example. You know, she started coming to church here. I had no idea she was good on a computer, like really good on a computer. And we struggle back there, man. We struggle bad back there. And, and when you got a knucklehead like me that's in charge, we're all in trouble, big time. I can't figure this dumb thing out, let alone you get me on a PowerPoint and it's just a disaster. So, Thank God for people like that. And she plugged in and she's cleaning that thing up and getting things smoothed out. And, and it's just been a blessing and a huge relief to me because it's just a burden. That thing is just heavy. I don't know what to do with it because I don't get it. 
And so you may think, and, and, you know, and, and using her as an example, she might not have thought that was anything relevant. Her skills of organization, her skills of computer, you know, usage of computer, well, big whoop, you know, that, that doesn't mean a whole lot. Yeah, it does. And because she's doing her part, the rest of us can enjoy the effects of that and be at peace, thank God for it, and, and move forward in what we're called to do. And so everybody's got a part to play, and I encourage you to try and get involved and, and talk to me about those things. You know, I kind of help organize that and get people plugged in where they go. But again, if I don't know, I don't know. You know, Spencer and I had a little conversation the other night, and turns out he's quite the little handyman. We can use one of those. There's a lot of little odds and ends stuff that goes on out around here that just needs some tender loving care, as they say. So we'll put that to use. And, we, and, and he has an opportunity then to serve and, and to get involved in, in, in their own way. And everybody has a part to play. The one thing we do do for like keeping this place cleaned up, isn't it nice that it's not a pigsty? You should have seen it. We had the Boy Scouts out here yesterday. And uh, we were doing the derby car races for the, the pack here in town. And uh, they had popcorn. <laughs> and thank God for many hands make light work because that would have been a disaster to clean up all by ourselves. But, but thank God we got people that clean the place. You know, you know how filthy sheep are? <laughs> I, I just insulted you. You shouldn't laugh at that. No, that wasn't nice. Anyway, again, that's, so those of you who haven't heard me preach, I can't keep the stupidity bound up. I have to say dumb things. So you're welcome to laugh. I know it's church, but we can laugh and have a good time here. So, um, so we have people that clean. And, you, and we used to have just four couples that did all the cleaning. And so once a month they would come in and clean. But it's a pretty big chore. This is a big building. There's a lot to it. So we, years ago, kind of changed it up. And what we started doing is just having one family every other week clean. And it just went down the list of families. So one, one 1.3-ish times a year, you would clean the church. And we have grown since then. And it's probably going to be more like one time a year. So what we're going to do is, those of you that are new, if you're not on the cleaning schedule, you know it because you haven't cleaned, right? So we're going to plug you in. Sorry, you don't get a choice on that one. But it's just a way that we can all do our part. And it takes a couple hours. You come out, knock it out, you're done for the year. It's an easy thing to do, but it keeps the place nice. You know what I mean? And, um, and we'll get into we'll get into this later, but... It's just an opportunity to serve, and, and if we do it with the right heart's attitude, it's a joy. I started mowing. That's where I started, and man, did I have fun doing it, because I, I, just, I just wanted to serve God any way I could. I didn't care if it was just mowing the yard, and I'd be out there just having the time of my life under the anointing of God, mowing a yard. Well, it don't seem right. What do you need that for? Well, why not? Why not? Why not be the best mower that this place has ever seen? You know what I mean? We aren't going to get into all that today, but there is no difference between the person standing behind this pulpit and the person mowing that yard when it comes to God's view on it. And He will gift you, grace you, anoint you, and hook you up with whatever you need, let alone the joy that comes with it. Amen? So we just need to have that attitude and, and recognize the joy it is to serve God. So... Before I get off on a tangent, so anyway, the cleaning schedule-wise, there's a cleaning room out there, and I'll contact you and kind of let you know what's going on, but there's a cleaning room in the foyer, and it has the schedule in there, and it has a checkoff list. It's simple. 
I mean, it's simple. And so we're going to hook you guys up, those of you that are newer that maybe you haven't uh, done that yet. We're going to plug you in and start putting you there. But be thinking about where else, what else, what, what, what has God put within me? You know, I didn't even know it until I was in my early 20s, but construction is my thing. I have my own construction business, and it just blows my mind sometimes how God put these gifts in, and I never even knew it. Growing up, I didn't even swing a hammer at nothing. Had no clue. No clue it was in there until we bought our own first house and had to do a bunch of work. And my father-in-law is a contractor and knows everything, and that was his wedding gift to us is to gave us one week of labor on our new house. So he'd work there during the day while I was at work. I'd show up. We'd work together for about an hour. And that first day, he hands me a list and says, get this done tonight. And I went, what? I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm running electrical wires. I'm, I'm skim coating walls. I'm doing this, doing that. And I had no idea what to do. And I thought, well, I can't be a jerk because this dude's given up a week's worth of pay to be here to bless us. I better figure out how to get this done. And it just, it just went. I'm like, I know how to do this stuff. Where was this at? You know, and, and then a few years later, I'm starting a construction business. It's green as dumb as that sounds, and, and thank God for the success in it. But again, you just, those gifts and those graces. And so then I can come out here and be a blessing, you know, and do projects and, and do things out here to bless the church and use that gift to be a blessing. So I don't care how small it is. I don't care how insignificant you might think it is. You have gifts, and you have graces, and you have things to be a blessing here, and that's all part of the body of Christ coming together and moving together as one kind of thing. Okay, I'm getting off. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. So I encourage you, get involved in any way, shape you can, because again, we don't want our preacher spending his whole week doing all of these things. We want him seeking God and preparing Messages that are going to help us be ready, equip us to be ready for what's coming. What did everybody think of last week's message, those of you that were here? That was kind of strong, huh? Intense. That's a good way to describe it. Intense. A warning, maybe. Or an exhortation, even. Pastor, pastor spent quite a bit of time being quite strong about what's coming. There is a harvest and a revival coming, and it's coming to this place. It's already breaking out in other places. I don't know if you follow Mario Murillo. Revival is happening. It's not, it's not coming. It's happening. And it will happen here because God is no respecter of persons, and I don't care if you want it. I want it, and that's enough. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get it whether you want it or not. So, but I, I think most of you want it too. So, but it's going to happen here. But what are we going to do? What are we going to do if 50 people walked in this room and got saved today? Praise the Lord. That's a good start. Where do those 50 people go? What do those 50 people know about the first thing about the things of God, how to behave in a church, how, to, how the church even operates maybe? A, a pastor, what's that? They might not know any of this stuff. I guess pastor's going to have to give up 50 hours a week to spend one hour a day with, or one hour a week with each of those people to teach them, exhort them, and encourage them. Is that going to work? What if 100 people came in and got saved? Praise the Lord again. That's a good start. What if we did in an outreach and 1,000 people got saved? They won't even fit in this building. 
<laughs> but they weren't even fit in this building. What are we going to do? There's not a thousand hours in a week for pastor to call each one and minister to them and everything else. Yep. Yep. And guess what? That's not his job. It's not. And we're going to see that today. So, everybody always goes, well, I'm not really called to God, or I don't know what my calling is, or I don't think, you know, I'm not called to the ministry. I, I you know, I just, I'm going to just mow the lawn, and that's good. But, I'm sorry, that's, that's your side gig. I'm going to show you what your full-time gig is. But we always downplay ourselves. We always downplay us because we look at the person standing here. We look at the person on television, the prophet, the evangelist, the teacher, the pastor, the apostle. We look at those guys and think that's, that's ministry. That, that's what ministry is and that's how ministry works and it's their responsibility. They take care of that kind of stuff. I just show up on a Sunday morning, do my part, put my tithe and offerings in and, and then mow the lawn. That's, that's, that's my ministry. That's what I do. Well, let's look at this. So Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. I'm going to wreck the fact that you are not insignificant and that you do have an important part to play. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. Is everybody there? I've only said it like six times and kept trying to go to it, but we haven't got to it. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you are called. Now, who was this written to? the church, probably the preacher, right? Maybe the leadership at best. Actually, I want to find it because I'm going to read it to you. Ephesians. To the saints who are at Ephesus and faithful in Christ Jesus. That's who this was written to. It wasn't written to the preacher. It wasn't written to the teacher, the apostle, the prophet. None of those guys. It was written to the church. Are you the church? Okay, Harvest Church, you are here. This is written to you. So I beseech you, therefore, to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. Sorry, you're called. That's it. Quit debating it. Quit questioning it. Quit questioning God. It's crystal clear. I'm pretty black and white. I say things just, I mean, I take things at face value. It's, it's in or it's out. It's yes or it's no. Are you called? Yes. There's no hesitation. There should be no questioning that. Don't question God. He has called you. You, 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 every one of you. Each and every one of you are called. So it's settled. We're done. We don't have to talk about it no more. Now you recognize, if you were questioning it, now you know. You're called of God. But what am I called to do? Well, let's just get, let's get there. So verse 7. Let's jump down to verse 7. Ephesians chapter 4. I'm sorry. Chapter 4, verse 2 through 4. Okay, let me figure out what I'm actually trying to look at here. I did not write something down right. Okay, let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. We'll just start in verse 1 and read our way through. No, because that's not what I want to do either. I apologize, I have jobbled my notes. Okay, let's jump down to verse 7. That is where I want to be. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. So we know we're called because we just cleared that up. But to each one of us, each one. 
So, Harvest Church, this was written to the church, each one. Are you one, Bobby? You're one. Bonnie, are you one? Okay. Are you guys one? Are you one? Are you one? Yeah, are you getting my point? You're one. You are one of the body. It's not for leadership. It's not for those on the worship team. It's not for those what we might deem as a significant position within the church. You've got to throw that stuff out. You've got to recognize to each one of us, grace was given. Grace. So what is grace? That's, that's where I'm headed with that. Favor, merit. There, there's, there's a lot of definitions for it. But the one I'm looking for that, that, that pertains to what we're talking about here, God's grace is God's ability. So what's God able to do? Is there any limit to that? There, there is literally nothing he can't do. So it says right here, again, I'm pretty black and white, but to each one, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. You have been called, you have been graced, God's ability, and you have been given a gift to each one. This wasn't written to leadership. This was written to the church. So Harvest Church, every one of you in this room, and those of you that are listening online, you have been called, you have been gifted, and you have the grace of God to do that gift. So even if you get stuck doing some goofy thing that you don't think you can do, pull on the grace. You know, when we went through the flood, we had to have a whole new sound system. Ours got trashed. And again, this knucklehead got stuck in charge of that. I don't know anything about sound. I just, I don't have a clue. That stuff doesn't make any sense, all the ohms and, and all these weird words that they got and stuff like that. And quite frankly, I, did, I just didn't care for it. But somebody had to do it. And I, I was willing. That was all I had was willingness. But I know the grace of God, and I've understood how the grace of God works. And I remember saying when we got started, okay, God, I need your grace. And it just starts making sense. And was I, am I perfect at it? No. But it's enough to, to do what I need to do to get it into the hands of those that will take it and go further with it. And so you need to understand, no matter what you're faced with, no matter what you're up against, no matter what you've been asked to do, <laughs> we'll get to that. When God tells you to do something, that's all you need. If he's going to instruct you to do something, do you think he's going to back it up with his grace? By all means. And so why question him? Why question him? Grace was given. That's God's ability, Christ's gift. Whatever gift you were given, you're also given God's ability to do that gift. And then we all sit here and we can continue to ask questions like, yeah, but, but, but what's my gift? What am I called to do? What am I supposed to do? Well, let's, let's check this out. So Ephesians chapter 4, let's start in verse 8. Therefore, he says, When he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now this, he ascended, what does it mean? But that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth. And in verse 10, He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. Chapter, or verse 11, And he gave himself... Or he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers. And right there we go, see, that's, that's, that's what they're talking about. God's gift and God's grace is for these guys, what, what is referred to a lot of times as the five-fold ministry gift. So I'm not a pastor, I'm not a prophet, I'm not a teacher, I'm not an evangelist. 
this isn't for me. Let's write it off. Let, let's not stop reading. Let's go back. Verse 12, verse, chapter 4, verse 12. So what did he call these people for? What did he give the body of Christ, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, and the teacher for? For the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying for the body of Christ. So, as I was saying, pastor can't do it all. If 100 people came in here and got saved, there's no way he can minister to all of them. And people are going to get left in the cracks or, and fall out and fall away, back away from God. The, the, the thing that drew them in, the love of God, if it's not continued into them through his body, they're going to fade out. And that's not God's will. That's not God's plan. Yep, yep, yep. What if they're dirty? What if they stink? What if they say bad, bad words? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I always joke, Jesus Christ has always been my favorite word, even before salvation. I had sinners tell me, will you just stop? You have such a foul mouth. Wow, jeez, who are you? So I'm sure I repulsed Christians and many of those, especially the ones that are fuddy-duddies. I'm sure I repulsed them in my day. And now here I am standing behind a pulpit using the name of Jesus Christ in a whole different fashion. If, if they only knew, right? And so we we need to have that attitude. We need to have that understanding. And so they come in. Pastor can't do it all, but that's what he is here for. He's here to equip you to do the work of the ministry. It's not him. It's the saints. It's you. It's each one, as this talks about. It's each, every person in here. You are called to do the work of the ministry. Yes, you might also serve in the sound booth or on the worship team or in children's ministry or clean or mow or whatever it might be. You might do those things as well. But you're called to work in ministry. Uh Uh-oh, that sounds deep. Don't try and church it up. This isn't something fancy. Besides, he's called you. He's graced you. He's gifted you. He's equipped you with these ministry gifts. So let's move on. I want to define ministry, the word minister. Because I just, I I looked this up and I was like, "That's, that's really cool. So... The first, I got four definitions for it. The first one is um, properly a chief servant. Hence, an agent appointed to transact or manage business under the authority of another. That's pretty straightforward. You and I have been called to transact heavenly kingdom business under his authority and under the authority of the church, under pastor. Number two, a delegate, an ambassador, the representative representative of a sovereign at a foreign court. I thought that was interesting, at a foreign court. So 
We have been called as a delegate, an ambassador to represent a sovereign, a king, in a foreign court. Right here on this earth, this place is foreign. This isn't where we belong. This place is all shades of jacked up, right? But we've been sent here, and that's part of what we're called to do to represent him, the king, the sovereign, in a foreign court. We're here to establish his kingdom, to represent him, to speak forth his decrees, to move forward in his authority because he's given that to us to come here and to do that, to do just that. The third one is to give, to afford, to supply. Give what? Maybe money. How about encouragement? How about food? How about goods? How about the word? How about healing? How about salvation? We have been given all things in heaven to be stewards of them and give them back out and to be a blessing to others. And the fourth one is to afford supplies, to give things needful, to supply the the means of relief, to relieve, simply to relieve. So, we have been called to do the work of the ministry. We have been called by him under his authority to bring relief. And isn't that just so true? That's what we're called to do, is to bring relief to the sinner, to the fellow brother saint even. It's not just, yes, we focus a lot on sinners. We want to reach the loss by all means because what a relief when you figure out there's a God in heaven who loves you and died for you and took your sins and bore that for you. What a relief. But sometimes as Christians, we get into situations that are sticky and heavy and the enemy's coming hard against us or situations are hard against us. We bring each other relief. And the Holy Spirit will as he, he has equipped you to do this, and He will speak to you and give you guidance on that. We think this hearing from the Holy Spirit thing is some far-fetched, difficult thing, or, or it's reserved for ministry only. We can't live like that no more. What's coming? We've got to be ready. We need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. We need to get the dumb idea out of our head that we're not good enough. That's a bunch of crap. Can I say crap in church? Hopefully. you can't think like that anymore there ain't time for that there just isn't time for that we need you at harvest church god needs you in the body of christ he needs you doing the work of ministry commonly this word is is translated administer we're to administer god to people simply put We administer His love, His grace, His blessings, His salvation, and on and on and on. So we're called, we're gifted, we're graced, we're equipped by the fivefold ministry gift for the work of the ministry. Well, let me just make sure nobody else is going, well, what's that? Let's move on. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. First Corinthians, or I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. We like that one, right? That's good scripture. Let's go ahead and jump down to verse 21. 
For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. Those are some solid things for our faith. We know that when we became born again, we became a new creation. We know that Jesus Christ became sin for us. Even though he knew no sin, he became sin for us so that we can become the righteousness of God. Good, solid stuff. And, and, and we hold on to them verses, and rightfully so. But sometimes we use them just to feel all warm and fuzzy inside how much God loves us, which is good. Don't get me wrong, but I'm trying to make a point here. But I kind of skipped some stuff there, didn't I? And there are a few scriptures in between. Sometimes we like to just, I'll take this one, and I'll grab this one, and I really like this one, and I'm going to call it a day. But sometimes there's some stuff in the middle that helps bring a little bit of clarity or maybe what this is for other than just us and feeling warm and fuzzy. So let's, let's jump back in here and go back to verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. And he has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. So not only are these good scriptures in there, but these good scriptures are setting up what God has done and what God wants us to do. Knock this thing off my head. God has called us. God has gifted us. He's graced us. He's equipped us with the fivefold ministry gifts so that we can do the work of the ministry and the ministry of reconciliation. So, again, what's reconciliation? And we kind of all have an idea what that is, but I looked it up, and the main thing out of the multiple different uh, meanings of the word reconciliation or reconcile, to call. To call back. To call back into union, restoration of favor. Isn't that good? God has called us. He's done this for us. He's, he's brought us back. He's called out to us. He's called our name and has translated us out of the kingdom of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of light. Isn't that wonderful? And he has placed us far above all these things. He's given us dominion. He's given us authority. He's given us power. He's given us grace. He's given us mercy. Oh, thank God for his mercy. Day in and day out, I thank God for his mercy. And he's done all of these things. He's called us out of that. But He's also put that into us, the ministry of reconciliation. It's not just for us. It doesn't stop there. We, we aren't to just come to church and go, ooh, ee, oh my, what can I get for myself today and then head on out and call it a week and, and even, even lather in that throughout the week for ourselves. It goes beyond that. It's for the work of the ministry. It's for the work of reconciliation. We're to take that out. He's called us. He's gifted us. He's graced us. He's given us His ability and he's equipped us, and I'm going to read, reread this one definition. Why has he done this? So we could do the ministry, the work of the ministry, to afford supplies, to give things needful, to supply the means of relief, to relieve 
and to call. So let's just sum it up with that. He has done all of this for us so that we can go out and call him and relieve him. Call him and relieve him. He's given us the answers by fixing our own lives and things he's done for us, but it's not just to stop there. We are to go out to call and to relieve others. This is for the sinner. This is for the fallen brethren. There are going to be lots of fallen brethren come back. And I don't care what they did to you and how bad they were to you and how bad maybe they peeved you off on their way out. God's calling them back. And I don't know that that'll be all of them. I pray it is. But you better start working on your heart now because if they breach those doors and you scowl at them, don't, 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 don't let that happen. You don't want to be the one that shied them back out the door again. Trust me, that wouldn't be good. That'd be an awkward conversation with God. So rather, let's start working on our hearts now. Rather, let's let the love of God fill our hearts to the point where it just don't matter. And we would reconcile that person. We would call them and, and relieve them, restore them, and put them back in where they belong. With what's coming, again, there is no way pastor can do this on his own. There's absolutely no way. We need to lift him up in prayer. We need to, we need to constantly be speaking the word over him. And I encourage you today to make sure you do that. Take time daily if you can, but take time regularly to do that, to lift him up, because what's coming will bring a ton of pressure on the church. If you haven't read that Harvest book, read it because that's good. And it talks about the harvest and it talks about the intense pressure that's going to come upon the church. But if we work as a body and we all do our part, little here, little there, it won't be a burden. But we can't all be looking to the man standing behind the pulpit to do that and to tell us every step of the way. We need to look at the one calling the shots the Holy Spirit. And I want to share a little few things that have happened just this week. It just, it just floors my mind. This is starting to happen, and I haven't seen it before. The gifts aren't just to be done up here, from, from exhortation to prophecy to whatever the, whatever the gifts you want to call out or whatever. All of those gifts aren't just to come from the pulpit. They're out here, and they're within you. And you have the ability, because God gave it to you, to walk in those things. Well, I I can't prophesy. And I'm not necessarily talking about the prophet, but prophecy is exhortation and encouragement. And we don't have time to get into all of that stuff, but you can, everybody can give it an encouraging word. And if you're willing to do that, God will tell you who to give it to and what to tell them. And that's prophecy. It's that simple. We try and make it something so difficult sometimes. I was talking with the worship team this morning and with all that's going on and what's coming, I have never been in so much faith in my life. I am just ramped, ready to run through a wall, throw a mountain into the lake, whatever it is. I, I'll do it. It's just like God point at which rock to throw or which mountain to throw and I'll go after it. 
It's just, but he's, he's building me up because of what's coming. And I pray that he's doing that with you as well. And, and if he's not, then ask him for it. He'll do it. He's no respecter of persons. But, but with all that's coming, I've never been so ramped up. And, and we have some big hurdles in our lives going on right now, Courtney and I. But they're done. They are done deals because he said towards those situations. And we got scripture. We've got rainbow words of God that's been spoken to our hearts. We got... We got these things. I, I, I don't need anything else. I don't care what I see. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what's coming against me. It's done because God said it. And, and my faith is ramped up on that. And so again, I've never been in faith, but yet in the last month, and, and Carissa's not here this morning, but the couple from Crofton, she said she had a dream about us. And, and she was so confused by it because for all neat, she knew, and, and this might be news to some of you as well, the three kiddos that we have, she just always assumed and thought they were ours. Well, we're in the process of that. They are ours, because God said. But we're going through the legal system and all that jazz of adoption and yada yada, some bio parents and things of that nature, but we're getting there. But she had a dream about that situation, and she shared it with us and almost hesitantly because it just made no sense to her, and here it was, just awesome exhortation of how she saw this thing completed. And I thought, that is really cool. Did I even really need it? No, because I'm ramped. But man, that was really cool. I really, I really appreciated that. And then another situation that we're dealing with that kind of stems with it. Nate was praying the other night and God gave him a tongue and an interpretation. Well, wait a minute. Is he, he must be, you must be you must belong up here. Maybe we should trade spots because if you're getting tongues and interpretation, surely you're a five-fold ministry gift, right? And some of you sitting out here might be five-fold ministry gifts. Did you know that? Maybe you don't, but you might be and you might belong right here. But if you're not willing to take the small steps and do the small things and obey the Holy Spirit in those small things, it's never going to happen. But God needs you. We need you. We all need each other like never before. But anyway, he gets a tongue and an interpretation and sends it to me, and it just, it just floored my world. It was so spot on, and it was just so God, and God used it just to bless the crap out of me. I'm driving in my truck, and I'm just, I've almost got to pull over because I'm just the goodness of God and the love of God is just dumping into my truck. And it's he's just being obedient. And was it some huge revelation, some prophetic thing in the future? No, it was literally just God's Word. But it was so spot on and perfect and, and well put. It was, just, it was God. And so I'm seeing these things happen. And then there's some other stories that even just this morning I heard about. I'm seeing these things happen. This is, this is it. This is what we need to start doing. And, and, if, and you're sitting, some of you are probably sitting there going, oh, the Holy Spirit never speaks to me. I never hear nothing like that. Well, ask Him for it. And he probably is. Sometimes we, we make it so hard. It's not, you don't need to hear a loud, audible voice. When a scripture pops up in your heart, that's God speaking to you. And that's him guiding you. And that's the answer sometimes to whatever you're dealing with. That's God speaking. So be sensitive to that. Act on that. Move on that. And it'll continue to get easier. And you'll start to understand and recognize that more and more in the days ahead, because again, what's coming, we can't do it on our own as leadership here at Harvest Church. Shouldn't have to. Not supposed to. According to this, none of it. That's not our job. That's not pastor's job to do the work of the ministry. 
And I know that sounds like, well, wait a minute, he's a minister. We use these terms sometimes almost incorrectly to a degree. Yes, he's a minister of God, but, but not called to the work of the ministry like that. He's called to equip you, to equip me. That's what he's called to do. Now, he does it. He still does it. He still reaches out to people. He still does these things, but that's our job. And so I encourage you, we have to start getting ready. We sang it this morning, get ready, get ready. It's here, and it's going to turn up, and it's going to get wild and crazy around here. We might just have to suddenly start having extra services out of nowhere. We might just have a, a random all of a sudden you know what, I think I'm just going to go out to church and pray tonight and 15 people just happen to show up. Why not? You know, i seen this new couple come to church the other day. I, I, I want to invite them over for supper. We're just going to sit down and talk. I don't know why. I just, I just feel we want to do that. And before you know it, you, you, you brought relief through conversation and encouragement. And it turns out maybe you guys are they're dealing with a situation that you've already been through. And, and you can bring that encouragement and that relief to them to see someone that's already been through it. Because what's the enemy's number one thing? You're the only person that's ever had this problem in their life. Oh, that's it. You're the only person that struggles with that sin. Nobody else does. You better just be quiet and hide in the corner and shut up. You know, he tries to isolate us. He tries to pin you out and make you think you're the only one. Dumbest thing ever. So I encourage you to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and get ready. And you, we are all called, each one, as it says, each one has been called, has been gifted. You have God's grace, His ability. There's nothing that can stop you. Nothing that can stop you. You stand on His Word, that's it. You don't need anything else. You don't need, like Paige prayed for somebody this week at work, and, and she talked about the boldness and the fire of it. She didn't say, you know what, just hang on a second. I want to check in with my pastor and see if this is all right and call pastor and ask for some scriptures maybe or should I pray for this person, should I do that? No, you are called. You are equipped. Do the work of the ministry. Get bold. Get violent in your attitude towards it. And just go for it. Go for it. What do you got to lose? There's a lot to lose, actually. A lot to lose. And it could be someone's salvation, someone's life, someone's eternity. We have the keys. <laughs> there, there is nothing he hasn't given us. There is nothing that you can't face and deal with. But that's also why we're in this together. We have each other. And I encourage you to bring exhortation to each other and allow that exhortation to come your way. If you're in need, that's what we're here for. To encourage and exhort one another and to help each other through these situations. Because we'll get into this a little more next week, but the body has been joint and knit together that every part does its part that it can move along. You know, And I can make a crude joke because I always do, and some of you have heard it before, but when the body isn't all there, things get difficult sometimes. When pieces and parts are missing, some things are not as easy to do as they should be. Picking up a bobby pin off the floor, I kick it underneath the counter and hope someone else finds it later. <laughs> I ain't getting a dumb thing off the floor. 
So when the body is disjointed and pieces and parts are missing, it's just not going to be as successful as it should. And each one of you in this room are called to be a part of this body and to be joined and knit together. And a lot of times we don't recognize, we think it's so insignificant what we do, but without it. You know, I'll live just fine with short thumbs. I'll get along, but it's a hassle sometimes. In wintertime, buying gloves, oh my gosh, you ever th- think about that? You got, I swear I'm going to go buy a case and take them to a seamstress and have them all chopped down so I can actually grab something because you got all that extra glove in the way all the time. There's just dumb little things like that. It's just a pain in the butt. I know, it's a crude example. But what I'm getting at is when the body isn't functioning and, and, and a person's sitting back thinking that they don't have a part to play, the body can't function right and it can't move forward and accomplish all that it's been called to do. And you have, every one of you have gifts and graces within you and you have a part to play. And every one of you, though you might not even see some of that yet, you will come to that if you'll just stay sensitive to him. And so it sounds just as cliche as can be, you know, we'll seek God and get in his word. Yep, that's it. That's all there is to it. Be sensitive to Him. The Holy Spirit is going to do everything that needs to be done in the days ahead. It's not going to be a name. It's not going to be certain ministers. It's not going to be certain churches. It's the Holy Spirit. And while, yes, we have a leader and we can look to Him and thank God we have Him and we do need to submit to Him as, as leadership, but don't just rely on him. That's where it comes from. It's the Holy Spirit. And I shouldn't even point out because he's right here. He's within you. If you're not filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking in other tongues, get it done. Get it done. Man, get it done. Don't miss out. You're missing out. You're missing out. And I don't mean that in a rude way. It's not at all. I, I hope that comes across as encouraging because it's going to be tough these days ahead without it. You need that infilling of the Holy Spirit. You need to take time and pray in tongues because that'll be your guiding piece. That'll be that, hey, you know what? Go over to that person and just say, my wife's good about this. I just love your hair today. And they just crumble and melt. And then just like that, the door's wide open because people are rude. <laughs> people aren't nice to each other. How will, how will they know We are his disciples. Love. Well, there ain't much out there anymore. And so darkness just keeps getting darker. And it just keeps looking uglier out there from wars and rumors of wars and and maskers to no maskers and whatever it might be. It's just ugly and dark out there. But man, that just means that light is so much brighter. And so we can get caught up and in fear and think, oh, man, what's coming? Because it's going to get ugly. We're pretty cushy here in America. We think persecution is our, our great uncle talking bad about us behind our back and not even to our face. That's not persecution, folks. You know anybody that's been killed for their word's sake? Me either. And I'm not speaking doom and gloom. That's not what I'm getting at. But man, it's just ever the greatest time to be alive as a Christian. This book says it. We all want to get to heaven so we can talk to like the great apostle Paul and to Peter and these guys and, and find out what their lives are like and spend time 
and talking with them, they're waiting for us. They're waiting for us to get there so they can talk to us. Thank God we've been chosen to live at this time. This could not be a better time to be alive as a Christian. There are so much awesome things to come. Yeah, there are going to be some ugly things, but that just makes the grace stronger. Where sin abounds, grace abounds even more. God's ability abounds even more. Man, it's a great time to be alive. So get lit. Recognize that you're, you are called. Don't go out and snort a line of crack. That's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> Don't get lit like that. Go snort some word. Get lit. I'm serious. Get lit on the things of God. Like we were talking this morning, it used to be, oh, man, you don't tell somebody you pray in tongues because they're going to think you're a weirdo. You're, now, nah, turn it around. We have the things that we need. Why don't you? What do you mean you're not filled with the Spirit? It's time to get that fixed. Let's do it. Amen? Amen. Amen. So I encourage you, next week we'll get into this a little more. We're going to talk about love a little bit more because that is the motivating factor. Amen? Father, I thank you for your word, and I thank you, Lord, it goes forth into every heart here this morning as a two-edged sword. Open up our hearts that we might see the things that are hindering us. We might see those voices in our head that are hindering us. We might see those thoughts that we have towards us that are hindering us. And Lord, help us to cast them down as vain imaginations and things that exalt themselves against us. Let us not have a part in that, but Father, rather stir our faith, stir our faith that we would stand up, be bold, and speak strong in the days ahead, and that we would step out in faith when you encourage us to move. And Holy Spirit, I thank you. You are speaking to every heart here this morning. And you will continue to speak to us in the days ahead. Give us opportunities to be a blessing to others. Lord, I know we've had opportunities in the past and we've missed them. Forgive us for that. But Lord, we're saying here today, not anymore. I am going to be obedient to you. We are going to be obedient to you. We are going to do the work of the ministry and the work of reconciliation to the sinner and to the saint alike. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. That's all I got. Before we close, just as an opportunity, does anybody need prayer for healing or anything to that effect? We don't want to just skip out on something like that because God is good and it's His Word and it never fails to accomplish that unto which it was sent. Carly? Something in the wrist? Okay. Yeah, yeah, no. Done deal. So simply put, Bible says that we can lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. So we always try and think that we have to have some sort of hyped up thing or special thing to pray. It doesn't even say it doesn't even say lay hands on the sick and pray. It says lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. And by the way, that's a charge also to the people, not just to the not just to the Fivefold ministry gifts, that's to every one of us. If you're a believer, that, that's you. You've been told that you can lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. It's that simple. And so we're just going to be obedient in that. And I believe wholeheartedly God will do his part, which is they'll recover. That's not my part. I don't have to come up with anything. Whew, pressure's off. It's him. So I'm going to put my hand on there. Father, I thank you 
for your healing power. I thank you, Lord. We can lay hands on the sick and they will recover in Jesus' name. You be glorified, Father God, and you show yourself strong in your works, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. Anybody else, anything else before we close out? Well, thank you. Yes. Yep, cool. So our intent to bless went on and blessed and blessed. Yeah, yeah. Every need is met through His glorious riches in Christ Jesus. That's awesome. Well, go out, be a blessing. I want to hear stories how God's talking to you. So just as we're sharing with each other, I mean, it's just good stuff. It's encouraging and exhorting to know that God is moving. Am I missing something? Oh, I'm sorry. Mike, I see her pointing. I'm like, who are you pointing at? Yes, sir. That's right. That's good. Yeah. That's right. Again, the sin is abounding. I mean, it's crazy, the sickness and the sin and the, the, the horrendous things that are out there. But that just means graces are going to abound more. And we just need to stay focused on that, stay focused on Him. And the whole world can be going to crap all around us. And we're just going to be whistling and skipping along and having the greatest time in our life. We're dealing with some of the wildest things in our lives right now than we've ever dealt with. And, man, I couldn't be happier. <laughs> as stupid as that sounds, I could not be happier because God is so good and He is going to glorify Himself in our lives. Period. Not us. We're nobody special. He is. And so go out and glorify Him. Amen? God bless you. Have a great week. Hey. Let's go.